Hello, welcome to Secure Talk, your trusted source of information on the latest threats, trends, tools, and technology related to cybersecurity and compliance. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Secure Talk. My name is Mark Schreiner, and I'll be your host for this episode of Secure Talk. Today, we're going to be talking to Pascal Rosenberger, the co-founder and CEO of Eggheads. And we're going to be talking to Pascal about cybersecurity awareness, training, and some other things. But before we do that, let's say hi to Pascal. Pascal, how are you today? Excellent. Hi, Mark. Thanks for having me today. Really glad to be here and talk with you about all these exciting topics you've just mentioned. My pleasure. And so let's 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 go to the elephant in the room. Why did you call your company Eggheads? <laughs> yeah. Um, our goal was to have a brand name that has some sense of irony to it because the broader topic that we're in here is lifelong learning. Like everybody learns, has to learn, wants to learn, or just does it by accident or not. So it's just something that is part of everything we do. And yeah, we felt like, okay, so when everybody has to learn, like, well, we will eventually all become Egghead. So that's why we came up with a brand name. That's that's awesome, man. And um, I think you're you're based in Zurich, is that correct? That's correct, yeah, in Zurich, Switzerland. Yeah, I mean, it's a beautiful place. You probably got a lot of snow about this time of the year. There is, yeah, and even it's on the street, so yeah, you have to be a bit uh, careful. Yeah. Yeah. But so, very beautiful um, now. Yeah. I am um, once I rode a bike around Lake Zurich. Uh, actually, I rode the bike from Zurich out to what's the town all the way at the end where they have the jazz festival? Rockersville. Yeah, I think that's it. And um, and then you can take yeah. a ferry back. I took a ferry back because I was like, I'm done riding. But um, no, it's beautiful, beautiful. But there aren't a lot of startups and especially um, cybersecurity companies, as far as I know, in Zurich. Um, so what what was the kind of catalyst or impetus for you to um, to start Eggheads? There, in fact, there are a couple of startups, but they have different purposes and goals. So um, we'll be doing something different. Um, yeah, basically, we stumbled upon this idea and discovery that um, transferring knowledge through chat, that's, that is actually a very engaging way. Like so many other startups, we have a different idea in mind first. Uh, we stumbled upon this discovery and we observed users that spend time in the chat that shared a lot of information, then we wonder, well, why not make this format that people seem to love that much? Why not make it accessible so that businesses can actually use it and um, yeah, inform, educate, and engage their employees? So that was the initial idea. And from there, it all started. And um, security is a very important topic. And there are many good reasons why it makes sense to use that. Um, so a little teaser <laughs> for the show now. Yeah, I mean, you know, and, and obviously we're going to talk mostly about security, um, but I'm, I'm just curious, like, so if this is a great way to educate employees, I mean, it doesn't have to be limited to security, though, right? I mean, you could go and do other kind of uh, employee uh, employment or employee awareness kind of campaigns as well, I, I would suppose. Yeah, correct. And in fact, we have customers that use our service for other use cases as well. Um, we want to talk more about specific use cases because we have observed that people give us a feedback. Oh, that's very interesting. That reminds me of Duolingo or some other um, micro learning or chat based conversations, but I don't have a use case. So that's why we start to talk more about use cases. 
And yeah, I mean, cybersecurity is a very big and very important use case and one that's very exciting. So that's why we zoom in on this use case. Well, let's let's talk about a use case. Um, imagine that I'm like a CISO or the head of learning and development at a multinational company. How would you engage with me? What would you what questions would you ask me or what would you tell me? Well, first question would be actually if you manage to get the attention of your busy workforce. And if you do so, if you manage to engage people in the messaging and, uh, that you want to get across and to eventually shape the behavior that you want to see. So that's the, the high level goals that, and pains that we address with this solution. How do you measure so, that? The, the behavior change, you mean? Well, any of that, any of the stuff you just said, like um, the engagement, okay, the awareness. Let's start yeah. with the engagement. Yeah. Okay. So what you could do with our service, I mean, I need some explanation before that. You can create and you can share and you can also analyze chat-based learning nuggets. So that's a format of micro-learning. We call it conversational micro-learning because it appears and has the look and feel of all the chat conversations that you have with your friends and family and um, and at work the whole day. So that's the kind of experience that you can provide and that's how you get the knowledge across. And basically it has many similarities to marketing. I would uh, urge, recommend you as a responsible for that topic than to, to think more like a marketer. First, you have to start and with the getting the attention. And how do you get attention? You focus on user behavior and then you adapt your solution and your approach to user's behavior. When we look at that, we see in digital channels um, on mobile, on desktop, there is one category that is dominating and that people love, that is chat. So step one, <laughs> think that the worm has to taste the fish. So um, get your message across in a way that people are used to and that people like to engage with. So that's where this chat-based conversational approach comes in. Once you have gained the, that you can measure, you can see how many users activated, got activated and how many interacted with your content. And that's where you also measure the engagement. You see how many users started, completed, uh, and how they engage with the content, how many people got the response right or wrong. So that gives you feedback and in, intel on the level of, of knowledge and also the level of awareness that you have in your organization. So that would be the engagement level. And when you talk about the outputs, about the behavior, um, that's one piece that is bigger than we can measure with only our tool itself, but our service can be helpful there as well. You can measure with um, asking for feedback and measure what people know. If So you can also assess knowledge levels over time. So these will be the three steps to do that. Awesome. Um, so why don't you walk me through a use case now? So I'm, you know, I'm employee number one at Eggheads and um, and you're trying to kind of create some kind of cybersecurity awareness campaign. What do I see? What do I do? How does this work for me? So from an employee's point of view, um, <clears throat> it starts with a notification. So our service works as a campaign tool or a push instrument instrument. So you as a responsible person in the back end, you can trigger these notifications and from you, the employee point of view gets a notification. So this can either be an SMS or an email 
if you don't want to go on these channels because yeah well for obvious reasons they can also be might not be the preferred channels to interact with your employees you can also use our microsoft teams app so that means you can reach and engage people where they already collaborate and the employees read a notification from their teams app um, with a notification that tells them hey there's something about um, let's say safe passwords or how to um, recognize socially engineering attempts, like whatever specific topic um, will be part of this short uh, learning nugget. So you get the notification and of course you want to open it and uh, jump right into conversation. Um, when you get a notification via SMS or email, you will jump into the browser and get the experience there. Um, you can also ask people to, to log in with their work accounts sign on or when you choose the Microsoft Teams environment you interact with this chat in our Teams app or in your Teams environment so you don't have to use another platform you don't have to use another silo that you uh, might have already forgotten so you get to engage where you already are in the way that you enjoy to interact so in a chat-based way and then you spend this minute or two interact learn a bit a bit um, or refresh your knowledge and or refresh your awareness and then you go back to work so it doesn't take much time out of your day and really tries to deliver all you need to know in a way that's as pleasant and also as fun and engaging as possible um you know i i just wonder and and, and i love the idea but I want to play devil's advocate here for a second uh, because yeah. I think we're all inundated with so many different messages via so many different channels every minute of every day. And I'm wondering, is there some kind of pushback at all where people are like, oh, this is just another ad, you know, just they're spamming me. I mean, how do you how do you how do you get people to have a little bit of an emotional openness or buy into receiving your message? Yeah, I think it comes down to the design of the messages and the content. I mean, to goals would be to empower people to have a friendly and encouraging tone to um, show explicitly what the value can be for your personal life or for your professional life. So when you manage to get that into the content, so then the expectation is much more positive when you see there's another notification coming from, from the Teams app. Um, of course, it won't work for 100% of the audience. I mean, some people with any other challenge channel, it will be the same. But um, yeah, I mean, work people are busy. When you look at statistics, there are about 1% of the work time that's available for workplace learning, formal workplace learning, and that's not just security. So I mean that there are that's a few minutes a day, maybe three or four, maybe five, depending how you calculate that. But um, you have to use that very limited time in, in a smart and efficient way. And one way to do that is to yeah push this notification to people and make it as relevant and as digestible and pleasant as possible. I, I want to get into the specific kind of cyber threats that you're addressing in a minute, but before mm -hmm. that, I want I kind of want to stay with the logistics of the platform. Yeah. How how does it work then? Do you automate it? You 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 
you connect with a company's teams tenant and or or you give the I mean how does what's the actual technical kind of mechanism for you to send these messages out in an autumn mm-hmm. I'm assuming it's an automated way and then you know I would think that you would figure out the appropriate timing and so on and so forth but just talk walk me through that yeah so technically speaking that we provide a teams app so we have to uh, think of Microsoft teams uh, in a way, we think about mobile operating platforms. You can enhance um, the service with third-party services. So we provide a third-party service, a Teams app that you can integrate into your Microsoft Teams environment. So it's not an additional channel, not another silo. It's yeah part of the platform that you're already using. Um, that's called a Teams app, technically. And the way we distribute it today, it's called um, Microsoft language manifest upload, which means, in fact, we will send you a zip file and your Teams admin will green light it for your Teams environment. And once it's there, you're good to go. Your employees can be reached and they can engage in the chats. Then this Teams app connects to our service and there you can either create the content yourself or purchase something that we're developing with our partners. So if you don't have the capacity or the competence to do it yourself, you can purchase one of these packages from our partners. If you know how to do it, if you know what to tell, if it's very very specific for your organization, of course, you can do it yourself and just purchase the, let's say, naked technology. So then in our backend, create and manage the content. And as you said, you schedule the campaigns, you define which person, which group, which department should re- receive which content at what time, and then schedule that and roll it out over time. And the last bit would be to analyze and get insights because, yeah, making the whole experience conversational is one part to provide a conversational experience, a chat-like experience, but also to make the whole interaction with your audience two-sided, more two-sided. So to send out what you want them to know, but also to watch and listen what comes back. There are many insights that you can gain in the analytics section, and uh, that will be the last step. Then. So to share, uh, to create, share, and analyze your content. So I mean, from what I'm hearing, your uh, Eggheads is is more of a platform and not necessarily a content provider. You are the mechanism to deliver these campaigns. Um, you partner with other companies who can provide the content or com- or your customers can provide their own content. Did I get that correct? Um, yeah, that's correct. Okay, of awesome. Of course, over time, we have gained experiences. What works best, we have, there's a lot of data, data on our platform so that we know how you can best design and shape the content to make it work. And that's where we um, yeah, help our customers or collaborate with the content and topic matter experts. And, and I'm just wondering, how do you, I mean, because, okay, let's just say, I mean, in, you're in Zurich, you've got, you know, some of the biggest banks in the world. You've got Credit Suisse, UBS there and, and and a bunch of other multinational companies um, and then, then then you've got a bunch of you know small medium-sized business as well and i assume that you're selling well that's actually a really good question are you selling only in switzerland or are you everywhere in the world right now where are you um, at no we we consider us as a global company uh, what okay. we provide works everywhere and so it's not very specific to a country 
Okay. So let's okay. let's just say, and in your typical customer, I mean, do, do you have a kind of profile in terms of the size of the company? At the current stage, it's kind of hard to figure out if there's a pattern already or if the pattern we see is a, is more of a coincidence. Uh, we have great traction with financial services providers, not the very big ones that you mentioned, but the reputable companies in banking and insurance and fintech. Um, that's one cluster that we see. Um, <clears throat> and yeah, we have small medium businesses starting around 200 employees and the biggest ones have a couple of thousand employees, even 10,000. But awesome. they're using not for the whole audience, just for, for certain areas of the organization. And, and, that, and that's what I was going to ask you, because like if you have a generic message that goes out and, you know, it tells me, hey, you know, um, be, beware of this or don't do that or make sure you use MFA or something like that. That's mm -hmm. pretty cool. But if you send that to our IT security team, they're going to be like, dude, to quit yeah. obviously <laughs> I know that. Right. So how do you how do you customize the message to the audience? Don't bore me. Correct. Yeah, I mean, that's <laughs> something that we would have to look into with every potential customer itself. Like, what specific is it that they need and what's the audience that they want to reach and and to figure out if the standard content that we provide with our partners, if that works for that audience. And in the example that you've just given, obviously it won't work with generic content. They will be needed something more specific, something more expert with other patterns or whatever. So yeah, the goal is of course to have something that works for the recipients to make it relatable and relevant for the people that receive it. And this can be the standard content, but doesn't have to be. Gotcha. Okay. Let's get into the actual, you know, problems that are the threats that you're you're primarily addressing. From where you sit, why are you emphasizing so much communicating with the employees? And I, I, I'm, I'm asking about the specific threats because, you know, there's there's kind of two schools or three schools of thought. And one is, you know, if we get the greatest, latest technology, um, we don't we'll be we'll be safe. You know, and another threat or excuse me, another kind of tra tra train of thought is, you know what, most of the threats come in through the front door, the front door being our employees, um, and, and that's a big vector there. So what what problems are you solving in terms of, you know, your audience and, and what threats do you see as the biggest, or the biggest threats in the current threat landscape? Mm -hmm. um, a couple of questions. <laughs> I'd, like to, I'd like to approach them one by other, and if I forget one, please help me remind them. Um, <clears throat> if so... I can remember, I will. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, let's let's start. Um, I mean, there are plenty and enough studies that show that employees are either the front door, like you phrased it. Some might phrase it as the weakest link. Some make um, make it in another way. So th there's a employees are one pillar of uh, cybersecurity posture. They can and should contribute their part. So we believe in that. I studied media and communication sciences, worked many years in and corporate and marketing communications. So from, from that background, um, it's pretty obvious that it's, yeah, you need people to be play and their role and take their, their responsibility in the whole almost giant and overwhelming uh, challenge that we're facing in the business landscape 
today. So we want to provide a solution that not only solve, uh, well, it's a good question if it could actually be solved, but that can contribute to uh, enable people and support them, yeah, to to be one piece that's um, not considered as a weak link, but yeah, I don't like the language that way as a front first line of defense, but yeah, that can that are empowered and motivated to to understand what's happening with the tools they use and try to understand a bit more than just um, how they can click. <laughs> so yeah, we strongly believe in that. And we've come across many conversations. Yeah, like uh, the first um, train of thought you've mentioned, and uh, the technology could save everything. Um, and I'm not sure if that will solve all the questions or if that could not only be counterproductive um, because people will tell will believe okay when technology solves every potential issue then i don't have to do anything myself so um i'd argue that would increase the vulnerability um as well so um i don't believe it's either or um of course there's a lot you can and should do on technology level there's a lot that you can and should do on an organizational level and the same goes on the human and people level. Absolutely. And it's, it's interesting because um, the company that I primarily consult for, work with, uh, MemoQ, we have, we use, you know, O365. And, um, you know, in O365, there's um, DLP, data loss prevention and uh, protection. I always forget the P, what it stands for, but, um, and I should know because I worked for a Microsoft partner for four years, but we have that enabled, but it's it's every time you send a message to anybody, um, the first time it, it, on that thread, it asks you, you know, is this external, internal, internal, uh, I forget all the different uh, categories, but each each one of those categories has different policies attached to it, right? And that alone is kind of a constant reminder of, oh, you know what? I'm sending this externally and there's a file attached with sensitive information. Uh, you know what? This is not a good idea, right? So, I mean, it's 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 not really, it's a bit intrusive. It takes an extra microsecond to do it, but I think the, the value uh, is there, right? Because it's just this constant reminder. And it's pretty cool because, you know, otherwise sometimes people just get in the sense of urgency or they get caught up in the moment and they're like, all right, I, I got to get this done. Just get it off my desk. So it's kind of nice. And so what you're talking about totally makes sense. But let me come back to the second part of my question. Right. What specific threats are you seeing right now that frontline people like me um, are, you know, are being kind of presented? What What are the actual threats? So what um, from our part of the world will be observe and will hear from the community and reading newspapers. Um, one major threat is our ransomware attacks. Um, probably not very unique. <laughs> Same probably goes to your part of the world as well and many others too. So that's something that um, yeah people should be aware of and try to see through if it's possible and if you can keep up, but that should be the goal, of course. Um, yeah, you could all, already almost say classical topics like phishing mails, which could start and lead to a ransomware attack. So these are the, the pattern, some patterns 
but the risk actually for many, especially small and medium-sized businesses starts actually on a different level because there's almost no or very little awareness of risk and how to tackle them and how to manage them. So I'd say that's probably even the bigger risk <laughs> to, to create the initial awareness so that there's a, an awareness and mindset in the marketplace, even with the small and medium-sized businesses, that there is something going on that they should pay attention and that they can play their role. Yeah, but when you say ransomware and phishing, I mean, those are kind of like, to me, if I'm not in cybersecurity, those are just kind of buzzword, buzzwords, right? So, and and I, and I know you're not the actual content provider. You, you're more the platform to deliver the content. But give me an example of, you know, if, if you send an email to me and say, hey, Mark, um, beware of ransomware. Hey, you know, ransomware is, gonna, you know, I, I'm going to be like, mm -hmm. what? You know, so so give me yeah. an example of the content that that can kind of enlighten me as a frontline employee. Gotcha. Yeah. No, um, when it comes to the content itself, of course, it's not helpful to drop the buzzwords and to talk about the technology. Question should be, what do people really need to know? Do they need to know the term or do they know how the pattern works? And I will go for the second level. So when you design the content, when we design with our partners, that's what we what we look on. Like start with the question, uh, what behavior do we want to see with people, with employees and the recipients of these messages? What do they need to know in order to 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 get to that behavior? And um, yeah, terminology is not not the first thing to go there. Um, yeah, the goal is to really break it down, make it simple and relatable in a in a language that yeah, that's, that's conversational, that that seems natural and taken out of, of an everyday conversation. Um, I haven't talked to a friend. I mean, if we, <laughs> when we think about social life, you wouldn't meet a friend unless you work in the cyber industry, of course. You will meet a, a friend at the bar and talk about uh, fishing and all these different patterns and techniques out there, but you would talk about um, something that might have been looked uh, strange or that there was something weird going on. So that really make it makes it relatable and understandable and relevant for the audience. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's funny because um, I love the example about people at the bar talking about um, cybersecurity because like, yeah, you're right. Nobody does that. But what we do talk about is like, oh, my God, I got this ridiculous Nigerian scam email, you know, <laughs> from from the prince of some, you know, obscure province claiming that he has 20 million dollars and he wants to share it all with me if I just do ABC, right? You know, and we've all received those emails, and there, there are actually sites that collect them and and kind of display them in a humorous manner because it. Yeah. But you know, at some level, they must work, because yeah. why why do they keep sending them unless they're just trying to make us laugh? You know, I mean, it's like so. Mm -hmm. There's some nefarious backing there, and you know what I love about this is, um, when I was growing up. Um, I used to listen to my grandparents and they would tell stories about, you know, I remember this guy when he was on, you know, out working in the field, um, he got his glove caught in the combine and he reached in to get it and the glove, it sucked his arm in there and, you know, something bad happened. Or I remember when somebody was changing the tire inside of the road, they didn't pull off far enough and, you know, something bad happened. And y y y people learn through stories, right? So you learn, well, I would say people, 
in my generation, we learn through stories, listening to our parents, our grandparents, our friends who have kind of this collective wisdom, right? And this whole thing about, you know, my God, I got this email um, and this guy said, um, he's got this amazing opportunity for me, but the, the job description was in a PDF. Should I click on it or not, right? So I love I love what you're doing. Um, tell, tell me a little bit yeah, more good, about- uh, Let me just get triggered a thought for me, sorry to jump right in there. Please, and please, talk please. about storytelling here. And that's, that's really one of the um, strong things where we believe um, yeah, we learn through stories, as you mentioned it, and I doubt we, we still learn that way today. Um, and we can also learn through stories on technical ways. And um, that's uh, yeah, one way to do that is through through chat conversations and the format that we've we've seen customers yeah tell stories about anti-money laundering cases. Um, I mean perceived for many employees as a dry and boring dull topic, but yeah, I mean this person that was uh, responsible for compliance at that company, he told a story about an anti-money laundering case. This happened, that happens, and he involved um, people. Let them be part of the stories. And I mean, you can also expand the story and make it in, turned into a scenario-based uh, role-play-like experience. So that's really what, uh, yeah, what this conversational chat-based approach um, makes actually so unique. And to co we also learn not only through storytelling, but also through uh, conversations. I mean, of course, they're very much related, um, but conversations are a very good way, a natural way to learn. So just wanted to add that to your comment. I, I think we're in complete agreement there. Hey, so let me ask you, uh, your content providers, they actually provide the, the, the content. And and I sorry to take the conversation away from the platform, but it's, it's, it's interesting for me. Um, where, how many different content partners do you have? Um, <clears throat> we're building up our network with partners. So if someone's listening and figures, oh, could this could be us. I'm um, yeah, happy to hear from you. We have partners, um, yeah, a handful um, in the field of IT security. We're in conversations about um, other companies in the field of data privacy. We have others in the field of obviously. 65 and when it comes to adoption of Microsoft Teams, for example. So there's a, a spectrum of different topics that we think are relevant for the workplace, uh, where there are very interesting people that know a lot about uh, these topics and uh, how they can get be um, shared with other people. So that's, these are the type of organizations that we work with. Cool. Um, I got. I've got some suggestions for you after after we uh, finish, you know, um, our conversation here. So I'll come back to that. Um, do you, in terms of languages, do your content providers? Um, I mean, you know, you're in Switzerland. You guys, what what is it? German, French, um, Italian, and in English. I mean, so how do you pick? I mean, do your content providers provide a variety of languages, or how does that work? Um, most often we would start English first <laughs> because um, we work with international companies and yeah, that's the language that works in the most markets at the same time. Um, bigger organizations, yeah, then you start to add more languages. German would be obviously one um, that works well for Germany as well and Austria, also part of German-speaking Europe. Um, I haven't seen a lot in French actually yet. Um, same goes for Italian, um, but of course, could be expanded to these languages as well. Awesome. So for now, hey, I you, yeah, sorry. No, uh, your um, 
egghead or eggheads what's the if i were to search for okay are, are you on the microsoft um, marketplace or the azure marketplace i forget what the actual term is but you know microsoft has an app marketplace right are you there um we're working on that um okay. so the goal should, yeah it's in progress yeah awesome um and tell me the name of the actual app again so our company is called egghead plural with an s dot ai that's where you will find our website and the, the team's app itself is called Eckhead because we wanted to characterize the, your, the counterpart of your conversation. So yeah, there it works better without the app. So the Eckhead is actually with whom you will interact in Microsoft Teams. Awesome. So if you don't mind, um, I mean, because this is interesting for me, as, as I mentioned earlier, I. I mean, Zurich's not really famous as a huge center for startups. You know, I mean, you've got Silicon Valley. I'm up in the in the Seattle Bellevue area. There's a lot of startups here. You got a lot of startups in. Uh, if you, you talk about gaming, for example, NIT, you can look at Korea. Um, you, China has a lot of startups. Singapore, there's a big startup community there. Um, what's it like? starting a company what was your first step in zurich to say hey you know what i've got this idea um and now, now what okay now that you mentioned that um yeah i think the startup community here should uh, work on the perception i mean there are some very popular or popular not obviously not that well known but big companies and startups out of switzerland um much more in the deep technology sector, but also some in the consumer sector, like um, Get Your Guide, for example, or in the messaging space, like Beekeeper. Yeah, but of course, nothing when you compare it to, um, to Silicon Valley. Um, or Israel, even. I forgot, I forgot, I forgot Israel. Israel. Yeah. For, for cybersecurity, Israel is like, I mean, that's kind of like oh, yeah. the epicenter, you know, so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, our story does like we started, as I mentioned before, with a different uh, business idea and product in mind, uh, which we started initially part time um, to yeah to test the waters, figure out if our hypothesis works, and to see um, yeah where it will go. Um, it was a marketplace for courses, so live classroom training. Um, yeah. Long story short, the experience was it works for the early adopters. It worked for the early adopters in the space, but then again, I mean, it's a small, very small market and too small if you only rely on the early adopters. So that's why we were constantly looking for new ways to to tackle that market. And one of them was to yeah to build our first chatbot. That purpose was initially to provide a conversational experience to find a short list of courses that match a certain need and interest. And yeah, from there we observed how people love to interact uh, with chat-based um, yeah, digital experiences, the time they spend there and the information they share. So that's when the idea was born to make it yeah, a way to, to inform, educate and engage. You know, I, I'm kind of disappointed in myself because um, I we we only do audio on Secure Talk. Um, in, in cases like this, I would really love to have video where you could actually, you know, take me through a simulation because I I think it'd be super cool. And and you know, do people feel that they're interacting with a machine or do they do they feel like they're interacting with a person? 
Um, it's a very good point that you mentioned there. Um, I'll be happy to share a link that you could add to your show notes. We hear it a couple of times that, oh, that sounds interesting. It reminds me of Duolingo, but I just don't really understand. So to all the listeners here, I'd recommend to, to look up the example. We can share one about uh, passwords that would match to the topic of today. And yeah, it really makes click when you start to, to interact. Um, of course, it's a scripted interaction. Um, when you talk about technology, it's, it's built on chatbot technology. Um, we use rule-based chatbots, so it's a scripted and closed conversation. Um, one thing about chatbots is that it has nothing to do with the typical customer care or support scenario where a user has an open-ended question and are look, is looking for the right response. Like we're here in a situation um, about yeah, knowledge transfer, education, information, where you as a user don't know what you don't know, you need guidance. Um, so that's why this simple rule-based approach works very well, because yeah, you can take users by the hands, guide them through a topic, explain a thing or two, then you're done for today, show up again in the, in the next week like that. So that's why this works pretty well. Um, yeah, and you can achieve a lot with organic intelligence at this point, as I like to say. Um, people, when we observe this, engagement is very good. People enjoy the interactions. Um, few people say, oh, I would have liked another way to respond there, or I would have liked another button that I could click on. Um, yeah, but these are more the exceptions. Generally, the acceptance is quite high. It's weird, like, you know, as we talk, um, I'm, I'm just like all these different thoughts coming in my mind. I, I just read a book uh, talking about how the internet changes the way we think and read and remember. And it's not even at a super level, but at the kind of neuroplasticity level, right? I mean, it's it's actually changing our brains. And uh, one of the, when they set the background for this book, they, they talked about this, I can't remember, it was a group of psychologists who put together a computer program, and this was way back in the 60s, where it simulated like a human being, a human conversation, and they would have uh, patients interact with this uh, this program, and most people couldn't figure out that um, that it was a program. They just thought it was a real person, and they were actually going to roll this out as a mode of care for people with kind of minor psychological problems, because sometimes people just need to mm -hmm. talk to people, right? And people liked it and enjoyed it, and they're like, you know, this is this is awesome. They, you know, they. And it, and I guess we're getting to that point, especially with with AI. And I don't, you know, I don't even know what AI is. I guess it's an algorithm. It's some kind of, you know, it's what I'm saying. It's kind of a buzzword. But there is, it, depending on where you're talking about, it can mean different things. But basically, our computational power is getting super, super strong, and these algorithms are really, really getting advanced. And you could sit there and have a conversation with with, like you said, a chatbot, and you would maybe you would know it was a chatbot or maybe you wouldn't you know i mean if they do it well and they mix it up in, in a bit let me ask you um do you have the capability if i'm interacting with the platform and i say hey i need to talk to somebody because what i'm saying is 
you know what? I don't know what to do in this situation. And the chatbot is kind of educating me. They're, it's feeding me information, but I want to ask a question. Hey, I've got this potentially malicious email. Um, what should I do? Do you have a way to connect that through to a live person who can guide me? Um, it's a very good question. Um, as of today, no. As of today, you, yeah, our service is more as a campaign instrument. It would inform you how you could spot and uh, recognize such a dubious email. But the scenario that you mentioned, that's um, as of today, I'd say a, a missing piece. That's something that we're thinking about a lot um, that would make sense to round up the experience. Yeah. Yeah, like a concierge de desk or something, you know. Yeah, so, um, right. yeah. yeah, but um, but cool. Well, hey, um, Pascal, I, I've enjoyed this conversation, and I told you we typically talk thirty to forty-five minutes. We've already gone through that, um, so you can tell that I'm engaged. I, I hope you're not a chatbot. I hope you're real. Okay, so. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. Great. Well, anything else you'd like to share with our with our audience? Um, no, I mean we've touched on many interesting and relevant topics. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just about being what I would encourage you and your audiences to yeah, be open, try different approaches, see what works with different audiences. Um, yeah, think more, a bit more like marketers. And marketers know that yeah, seldom one medium, one message works for everybody, so that you need different ways to inform and educate and engage. And yeah, same goes when you look at people as employees and not just customers. So there's a lot that we can learn from marketers there. Awesome. Totally agree with you. Hey, man, I've enjoyed this conversation. Uh, thank you so much for coming on Secure Talk, and I'd like to wish you a very, very happy holidays. Thank you. Thank you, Mark, for having me. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. And yeah, same back to you. Hello, welcome to Secure Talk, your trusted source of information on the latest threats, trends, tools, and technology related to cybersecurity and compliance.